Jesus, this morning we just come into your presence. Wherever we are at this moment. And God, we invite you to just be with us. For many of us, we come into your presence this morning feeling like our lives have just been sort of through the ringer and we're confused and we're disoriented, God, and we ask that you would draw up close to us. God, in our place of grief, in our place of confusion, God, we pray that you would be the hope that we need. And God, as a body, we just pray for our world right now. We pray for those who are struggling. God, we pray for those who are in isolation and lonely. God, we pray for those who are in hospital beds in needing care. God, we pray for Italy and China and Korea and our country and every country in this world, God, that you would be present. You would guide the leaders. Jesus, we need you. Come Holy Spirit, come Lord, speak into our present that we might worship you with all of who we are. In your name we pray. Amen. It's good to be with you guys this morning. My name's Tony. Uh, if you're new visiting, uh, I have the privilege of being here on Wellspring staff. Um, if you are uh, here to explore 1 Corinthians, I have some sad news. Uh, we're taking a little bit of a break from 1 Corinthians to lean into this cultural moment that we are in right now. Right, so much has happened over the last week. Last Sunday, I was up here and talking about, oh, we're going to get some more hand sanitizer. It'll be fine. If we need to, we'll get some rubbing alcohol and aloe vera. That quickly became impossible, as it did to get rice at Costco, right? If you wanted bottled water, you were going to have to wait in a long line, not to mention toilet paper, right? And then things started to ramp up more, right? Then the NBA season is canceled, and you're like, huh, something's changing, right? Then the schools get closed, right? Then a Silomar conference ground becomes a quarantine zone, and it's like, what has happened? So for the next three weeks, we're going to lean into what does it look like to be a people of hope in a time of uncertainty? We're going to look at what does it look like to be a people of peace in a time of anxiety, and what does it look like to be a people of love in a time of fear? This morning, I want to talk a little bit about hope. I think one of the things that's so hard in this moment right now is there's so many unknowns, so much uncertainty. How long is this going to last? Right? How long, when am I going to be able to go back to uh, my office? When are my kids going to be back in school? When am I going to be able to grow into a grocery store and actually get what I want, not necessarily just what is left over? Right, what is it going to be like right, when coronavirus or COVID-19 shows up in our community? There's so many unknowns out there. And as I was thinking about this week and praying about it, I went to Psalm 42 and the fifth verse reads this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? And I really resonated with that word turmoil. In Hebrew, it can describe the roar of the waves. 
You know, you look out during a storm at the ocean and you see the waves starting to go. You see the white caps. You feel that energy. And the psalmist is saying that is what is happening inside of him. I once was on a boat trip with my daughter. We went out into Monterey Bay and the waves were so high. You'd go up on one wave and you'd come down the next and you literally couldn't see beyond that next wave. And I remember that feeling of, I feel pretty helpless. I feel really small. And I think a lot of us feel that right now. We feel this turmoil. And it's into this turmoil that the psalmist says in verse 5, hope in God. In the midst of the turmoil, hope in God. But the thing is, right, when we use hope, we often use it like this. Well, I hope there isn't traffic when I'm driving home so I'm not late for dinner. Or maybe more contextually appropriate, like I hope I don't get sick. But hope in that context isn't really biblical hope, right? Hope in that way is saying, I have this desire and I hope that my desire sort of is fulfilled in the midst of uncertainty. But we don't know if there's going to be traffic. And we don't know if we're going to get sick. And the hope we really need, though, is not a hope that's dependent on circumstance. And that's when we start getting into this idea of what is biblical hope. When the psalmist says hope in God, he doesn't mean cross your fingers. That's not what he means. He's making actually a statement of confidence. He's telling us that God is trustworthy and worth trusting. You hear it when you read some of the Psalms. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth gives away. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Right? That's a hopeful declaration that God will be our refuge no matter what comes our way. Sometimes, sometimes we don't ground ourselves in that kind of hope. Sometimes we find hope in random places. I was trying to, this week, as I was trying to process everything that's going on, I'd find myself every once in a while just sort of in the news. And I'd go from one article to the next article to the next article to the next article. And what I started watching in my body is my tension would start to rise. Because what I was doing is I was actually trying to get a sense of control, right? There's unpredictable. There's so many unknowns. So what I was doing is I would read more and I'd read more. And as I was doing that, I was trying to get a sense of control. The problem is the control never came. The hope I was looking for wasn't there. In its place, what I just found was anxiety. I found even more uncertainty. Paul writes uh, some words in the New Testament. And specifically in Romans 15, he writes this, and I find it pretty profound. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Right? It's not through endless trolling of our news feeds that we get hope. Right? What does Paul say? These scriptures were written so that we could be encouraged and we could endure so that we could find 
hope. And what we do when we actually go into these scriptures, what do we find? We find this. Hope is not an idea. Hope is not a desire for a future outcome in the midst of uncertainty. Biblical hope is actually the person of Jesus. Peter writes in 1 Peter, and this is the same Peter who on Good Friday would deny Jesus his Lord, the same Peter who stood as his Lord was tortured and crucified and hung on a cross. This Peter, he knows a lot about unpredictability. He knows a lot about it. It's this same Peter who writes a letter later on from his own experience of unpredictability. He writes a letter to a people in Turkey, modern, what is now modern-day Turkey. Back then, it's called Cappadocia. He writes a letter to a people that are in the midst of unpredictability. And this is what he writes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. So where does Peter say, hey guys, in the midst of your unpredictability, what does he say to do? Does he say, hey, learn more information? No, he says, actually, your hope is alive. And it's not an idea, it's actually a person. It's the person of Jesus. Right? We can stress and we can plan and we can prep. We can do all these things. But hope in the end is a gift of God via the mercy of God. Now this doesn't mean we shouldn't be wise. We should be wise. We should not be irresponsible. But it also means that hope rests not in our wisdom but in the grace of God. But it comes as we trust Jesus. We trust him with all of who we are. And in that, we are born into a living hope. A hope that does not disappoint us. A hope that is alive. Because Jesus is alive. Because Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Therefore, we do not have to fear sickness or death. Paul writes a letter to his friend Timothy and he begins this way, right? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by command of God, our Savior, and Christ Jesus, what? Our hope. The question isn't whether this week or next week your life will be unpredictable. It absolutely will. Life will be unpredictable. Schools will close. We might be in our homes longer than we want. We might not be able to gather as much as we want. And in that, what we know is that Jesus is our hope. He is our sure foundation, the ground upon which we live. Now, I was trying to think of, like, from a practical side, so what are some best practices? Right? How do we actually, like, anchor ourselves into that hope? I was trying to think of a few. One is just sort of on the... Bible and news side. Right? In the Bible and the news, I think one practice we should have is this, right? That we read the scriptures before we read the news. <laughs> Two, I think that we should read the scriptures more than we read the news. 
Because the question is, what story and truth are you going to anchor yourself in? Also, I think when we read the news, we need to think about prayer. I, I would like to challenge us all that whenever we read an article, we pray. That we never read an article without actually praying. Because every single one of those articles we are reading is about people. It's about God's world that he loves. What if we just took a second and say, whatever is concrete and real in that article, whatever creates us anxiety in us, we pray into that. Say, Jesus, you are our hope and you are the hope of the world. Three, I think we should have some sort of rhythm and prayer around hand washing and prayer. And the reason is this. All of us are going to do hand sanitizer and wash our hands upwards of 30 times a day. We might as well make that into a rhythm. You're going to spend 20 seconds. Why not? Every single time we pray, we just say, God, as you are cleansing my hands, you're taking all the bacteria, the virus, whatever, would you take my anxiety and my worry and my stress? God, would you just cleanse it off of me? Why don't we take the rhythms we're already going to do and make them into places of prayer? I also think we need to view limitation as an opportunity for formation. I think too often in this moment, we're thinking what we're losing on. You guys, we are in Lent. Limitation is fasting. We actually have an opportunity right now because we're working less to be less distracted. Let's embrace it. Let's not just fill our life then, oh, well, now I'm in my house. I'm just going to binge on Netflix. Let's not do that. <laughs> we actually have an opportunity for a deeper sense of connection with God in this season of Lent to prepare our hearts for what? The resurrection of Jesus, the hope of the world. Let's allow our limitation to be our formation. Let's embrace it. I also think we should have some connections between food and provision. You're watching right now as people are scared. I had one friend who, when they found out that the folks were going to get quarantined at Asilomar, her first reaction was panic. I need to drive to the grocery store right now and get food. When we look at food from the perspective of scarcity, we are leaving a biblical view of God's provision. Be wise. Absolutely. When you go back to the Exodus, what does God do? He provides manna for each day. When Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, what does he say? Right? Pray for your daily bread. And every time we eat, whether it is something we like, dislike, something we have had 10 times, what we say is, thank you, Jesus, for this meal that I am eating. Let's not take for granted the food that we have, but actually be grateful. I think we have a profound opportunity to lean into gratefulness. Jesus as our provider. As I was praying and thinking this week about sort of what is God's word to us as a body? The word that kept coming back was this word anchor. See an anchor, uh, when an anchor let's say goes on a boat, you take an anchor, right? And what does it do? It helps connect the boat to the ground so that when things are moving up here, 
when the waves are moving, right, that boat does not get smashed into the rocks. It doesn't just randomly get drift out. It is anchored to the floor, to the ground. In the spiritual life, Jesus is our hope. He is our foundation. He is the floor. The question, I think, and the invitation to us are, what are the anchoring practices that help us to stay connected to Jesus? Jesus is our hope. Life is going to be uncertain. The question is not whether it is uncertain, and the question is not whether Jesus is our hope. The question is, what is the anchoring practice that is going to connect you to your hope, connect you to Jesus? And as we enter into worship, I just want to invite the worship team back up. We're just going to take a moment as we pray. I just want you to sort of be in a posture of prayer and of listening and asking God, God, what is that anchoring practice for me? There are going to be so many things that are going to pull your attention. They're going to distract you. They're going to pull you away from him. What is God's invitation to you? What is going to help you anchor into him who is your hope? Last night, it was in the middle of the night, and it just felt like God was sort of nudging me to pray. And I went downstairs, and I started just reading through the Psalms. Psalm 147 says this, The Lord takes pleasure in those who hope in Him. This isn't just about you. This is about pleasure, joy of God, as you anchor yourself into His presence. God takes pleasure when you remain and abide and anchor yourself into him through the unpredictability. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place, into every couch and every chair and every pew, every place, God, and we say, come, speak to us. God, we do not want to be set adrift. We do not want to be crashing all over the place, lost. We want to be anchored in you, Jesus. God, give us the practice. Give us the way that we can anchor into you. You are our hope. You are the one in whom we trust. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Glory be to your name.